1: So I would go to conferences, I would learn a lot, and I'd just come back and be like, dear Lord, what just happened? And, and then those didn't have spiritual, eternal significance. That was just my my Cairo stuff. Uh, and I'd still come back and be like, man, i got to get this information out. This is way more weighty, way more important, and the processing, though, can show up the same. And so I got in the habit of how do I unpackage things? What, what's the residue? What's still sticking on me, around me, what's important to me. And, and I'll encourage you, don't feel lost if you didn't come to conference. Just don't <laughs> let it happen again. And then what I wanna do is get the media card. Like there's some people I didn't get to hear that I, you know, I wanna hear. So I'm gonna get the media card and I'm gonna start listening to it. I didn't wanna listen to it before I preach tonight because I already know God was stirring on something. But what it can do, it can I still go back and listen to some messages from Emerge? And they still mess me up. It's like I was right there and God is still, man, Tracy Armstrong still talking to me. And I'm telling you, we can, we don't want to ever get to a place where we feel like we're stuck. And so we're in this relationship series that kicks off tonight. And really what I want to do is just tell you because the, the most important relationship is the relationship between us and the Lord. It's the most important one. If we get this one, headed towards true north, then guess what? All the other ones get lined up real quick. I can promise you. We can't just go try fixing all these relationships without fixing this one. We fix this one, we fix this one. And so what I wanna do is just tell you because I watched a man sitting up here and I could tell that his intimacy with the Lord, I could tell his relationship with the Lord was so in tune, I was like, dang. I know he's 72. But man, he's been preaching on that level for a while. It's not like he just came down here and it was the anointing of Awaken and he just popped this message out that everyone's like, I saw the Awaken memes today and I laughed out loud. So funny. It, it was talking about, you know, the loudest noises in the world and the loudest gunshot, you know, the sonic boom. And then it had this one. It was like, and then the final one that was all the way across the thing was The silence after Bill Johnson drops another nugget (laughs) of everyone hanging on every last word. I'm like, that was the loudest noise. (laughs) Uh, I was right. Silence. Uh, It was amazing. But, you know, in this relationship thing, it's amazing. And and props for any marriage and family counselor up in here. I just want to let you know, your names, if I don't have them, I just put, Anyone involved with that, you're in the book of miracles, okay? I mean, I have one relationship question at men's prayer yesterday. I was like, I can't help you, bro. But I'm with you. I'm with it. We're in the trenches. Let's just pray together. And it was silent prayer. You know, what do you say? You know, but it was just like, yeah, I just screwed up again with my wife. I'm like, dude, tell me about it. And he goes, well, she was standing in front of the mirror and I just looked at her and, and uh, so what are you looking at? She goes, oh, I'm just. Her birthday's coming up. You know, it was last week, and he said, um, he said, well, what do you want for your birthday? She goes, oh, I just want to be eight again. So he's like, okay. So you know, Saturday he wakes up early, makes her cocoa puffs, makes her a pop tart. Takes her to Six Flags. They ride on everything. Gets her red ropes, cotton candy. I mean, full throttle all day long. 8 p.m. She's exhausted. Takes her to the McDonald's. Gets her a shake. Big Mac. supersizes everything. I mean, he's just going all out all day long. Cute little Valentine's, little hearts, and, you know, the little candies. And just doing everything he can. And then that night, she's exhausted. And Betty leans over with the biggest smile. I said, babe, what's it? Did you like today? What's it like? Did you feel like you experienced eight years old again? She looks at him. She goes, are you you an idiot? And he goes, what do you mean? No, I I said, I wish I was a size eight again. (laughs) The moral of the story is, listen, even when men are listening, we still get it wrong. And so... I just looked at him. I was like, dude, I've been in the wrong doghouse for a week. Do not ask me. I don't even know. Let's just hug. But a bro hug, you know, it was like. Anyways. Relationships matter. Let's go deeper. So the title of my message is The Legacy Blueprint. Legacy Blueprint. And and real quick, I just want to tell you, it's been, you know, going through Bible reading in a year, I mean, at least I get through this part because it's in Genesis. Made it all the way last year, thanks for guidance, by Pastor Samuel. I mean, he's like a machine. But what really rocked me is Jacob's life. And I've been having so much revelation in tithing, in ministry, in community. Jacob is just somebody I relate with. And I just want to unpackage it a little bit because I think it can help us Take this weekend, what happened with these encounters, with these breakthroughs, and reframe it in a way that it can set us up for success, that we don't go from zero to hero overnight. You don't go to one conference and you're like, why, Jesus, why are you not hearing everything I'm saying? I thought we were tight. I went to a rise, I had some revelation. What do you mean I gotta keep going back on Sunday? Wednesday. Connect group, I don't need it anymore. I heard Bill Johnson. I'm above connect group leading now. You know, and I just want to tell you, like hearing about youth conference, I honestly heard youth conference pulled more at Rex was like, youth conference, those are some hungry youth. If you can get your San Marcos people to be as hungry as that youth, you'll see miracles and blind blind eyes being opened and deaf being able to hear again. You'll see it every week. I'm like, man, that's the level we're going. I got to get youth. You're staying all in now. Get us sold people out of the golf club. Blind eye opened. We should be losing our mind. Because if it was your blind eye, just think, just think what that kid's Monday was like at school. He went to school on Monday. He was like, what's up? I can sit wherever I want in this class now. I can see. You know what I mean? He's telling, what do you say to your friends all day? Probably couldn't play sport. Now guess what he's doing? I wonder what I'm good at. I'm going to try out for baseball. You, you just like the level of that miracle for that kid changes every conversation moving forward. It's just, you know. But Jacob, if you think about it, listen, he was a central fi- figure throughout all the Bible. Ten chapters in Genesis. Some dudes just got one line. The prayer of Jabez Je- is only like this big, but I mean, they, they wrote a whole book on it that, you know, Bruce sold a lot of books. But in the Bible, 10 chapters in Genesis alone, just around Jacob and his life. So I wanna pay attention to that. His life story is epic. There is some massive significant events that I wanna help because every one of us can leave a legacy. And the whole New Old Testament is really a blueprint for the New Testament. And when I start thinking about all these radical things that just happened, man, we could be living that every Wednesday, every Sunday. Or we can level it up and just be like, I want to handle that Monday through Sunday. Let's just see the miraculous all the time. Let's walk in a new level of flow and anointing. So if you think about it, I just want to talk about it. In the New Testament, this is how often he got talked about. Matthew 1, 2, it was the genealogy of Jesus Christ that Matthew wrote about. And Jacob is mentioned as the father of Judah and all his brothers. In Luke 1, 32 through 33, it's... At the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Mary, the angel Gabriel, and if you were here on Sunday, I am Gabriel. I was like, I woke up saying, I am Gabriel. So he got to my subconscious level. I was like, no, 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 I'm Matt. Maybe that's why I was seeing angels, you know. But here he is, they're talking about, Gabriel's talking about the throne of David linking Jesus to the lineage of Jacob and all the promises he made to him. In Acts, Stephen's speech before the Sanhedrin, he recounts the history of the patriarchs, including Jacob. In Romans, the apostle Paul references Jacob in a discussion about God's sovereignty, highlighting his choice of Jacob over Esau. So if you know the story, and I know Pastor Juergen preaches about it, and he's, no one does it better than him, Okay. But he's talking about that relationship where Esau, Esau was the firstborn. He should have been blessed. But no, Jacob connived his way and stole it. How can God use a guy yeah, right. that his name means heel grabber, this deceiver? Yeah. And God still uses them in an epic way, yeah. 10 chapters in Genesis, talks about them all through the New Testament, but he didn't start off on the right foot. Yeah. It's amazing because even in Hebrews, he's, talked about in Hebrews 11, 9 through 10, in the hall of faith passage. Jacob is mentioned among the patriarchs who lived by faith and received God's promises. So, I just want to recount because relationships to me are meaning something new. And I don't know if it's my age, I don't know if it's the conference alone, I don't know if it's all these things happening, I don't know if it's a a dear friend of the church that gets hit by a car and they say she's not gonna make it through the night, and then you just realize, man, this community Her great friends, first of all, showed up in a big way for her. And and my buddy who I was just talking about, he's one of the MDs over there, is like, what is up with your church? The nurses over there are now asking us to pray for other people that don't even go to our church. And now they're watching online, and we're giving them Bibles. And I mean, like, that's showing up for people. That's the community. But listen, I grew up in church, and people are like, yeah, we'll pray for them. The difference is, yeah, we'll pray for him and we'll show up. And only when we show up, we're going to keep showing up. And we're going to keep loving up and we're going to keep doing these things. And then this one man that gets the invite brings his family to Wednesday night, never been to our church. The wife gets prayed for. She shows up to women's prayer and she goes, I feel different. And then I got to see him at men's prayer for the first time yesterday and he goes, This is my only second time to this church. He's like, What the heck? And he was telling me a story how his son got boldness on him. And it wasn't him who led his wife down to the altar to get prayed for by Rex. It was his youngest boy who said, come on, mom, we're going. And led his mom. That's childlike faith. So the community, relationships, these things matter to God. How is God going to use us? And I'm going to tell you you how he's going to use us. We got to get out of our own way we got to just get over some insecurities get over cuz listen i want to give you just a couple things some points and then we're going to pray but, but jacob jacob was a young punk and and the the law of sowing and reap, reaping is literally so present in his life because jacob was born to isaac and Rebekah. he was the grandson of a legend abraham just giving us a little teaching here he had a twin brother named esau who he had a Bad relationship with. They weren't bros, like, getting along. They were like, dude, you stole my birthright, and now you took my blessing from my dad by dressing up and putting weird animal hair on you, disguising your voice, rubbing meat on you, feeling like you're a man, because he was probably a vegan. Not to be, I'm not trying to upset, I mean, sorry. I'm a meditarian. that was me personally, sorry. Lord, come back. Okay. But he was shrewd individual. He was... He was a loser. And I was like, I don't even want to be friends with guys like this. But by the end of his life, I'd be like, dude, I need to hang out with Jacob. What happened? That's why I'm going to tell you. Because number two, one thing I want to tell you, one night on a journey, going to his uncle's house that hosed him over, because, you know, you get what you sow, Jacob experienced a vision of a ladder reaching earth to heaven with angels ascending and descending. We all know the story. He had an encounter with God at this place that started to change and it was symbolizing God's promise and presence with him. But he was still immature. But God was still trying to talk to him. I can't tell you how many times God's been trying to talk to me and I still do dumb things afterwards. Every year it's getting a little better. But I tell you this because that mattered. And then the next thing is his family was messy. Here he is working for the love of his life. And then the his father-in-law slips in the wrong girl. You know, in biblical marriage is when two people have sex. Not this whole, some pastor or someone signs, a, a judge signs a, a marriage certificate. In the Old Testament, the, the minute you had, you're had you married. No one ever taught me that growing up in church. I was doing some dumb things. I, you know, it's like, I, God had to untangle a lot of things. And if we would teach our young people about how God sees marriage. I guarantee people would be saving themselves toward marriage if they knew the gravity of what God saw marriage as. So then he works another seven years and marries the love of his life. So now he has two wives. For you men, you know what one wife is like. Two Michaelas. I'd be way under right now. But then I want to tell you this. Jacob's name was then changed to Israel after he wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wouldn't let go. Some of us got to become better wrestlers on not giving up on a dream. Not just letting go the first arm bar we get. We tap out. I'm out. God, don't do it anymore. I can't handle it. No, you can handle it. God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. But But I just want to tell you that Jacob just wasn't born, but he went through a process, a refiner's fire. But it has to start somewhere in this blueprint because God made a covenant with him. He then birthed the 12 tribes of Israel through Jacob. He went on a spiritual journey. He gave us the blueprint, besides all his flaws and mistakes, and he had lessons about faith and humility and reliance and trust on God, but God's trying to do the same thing with us but can you trust him So this story is like so important like when we think about what legacy are we going to live What are we going to stand for what are we going to have our kids look up to us for What I love about him he he had all these kids and they looked up to his dad so much They were still all together Even Joseph, who got hosed and sent out, you didn't know Jacob was Joseph's dad. And all the brothers threw him under the bus, got rid of him. But at the end, the reconciliation God did through that family. And at the very end, all they wanted to do was be around their dad. That's how they looked up to their dad. He was that big in their eyes. They knew the anointing on him. They knew where he'd been. They probably heard all the stories every Christmas about how he was as a kid and how he did this. And then he got, you know. Your mom, yes, two moms, you know, but we're all family. Could you imagine the dysfunction in that family? But he's one of the legends of the faith. And so really, I want to give you just four quick things to wrap our head around. Number one, an arise moment. We all need one. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. I think all of you that came to those nights of fire, you had a moment. See, Jacob demonstrated a commitment to seeking God's presence in his life. Despise, d- despite his deceitful start, his past mistakes, he pursued encounters with God. Once he had that first taste of the supernatural with the latter, that woke something up. He didn't change his character yet, but it woke up something because he had an encounter. Are you putting your place? Are you putting yourself in a place to have an encounter with God? How can you get in his presence? Cuz once you have that encounter, you can't pretend it wasn't there. When I saw my first kid, radical. Well, when I saw Pastor John healed in the hospital, matter of fact, this is the man right here on the front row, Pastor Mark Peterson, showed up with me. He's the one that prayed. I could not leave that hospital ever the same. I remember walking out just freaked out of my mind, Presbyterian Baptist confused kid going, what just happened? We get in the car and I felt the anointing on him, but I didn't know that was the name of it. He was just like, we could have cleared out that whole floor. I was like, I could barely handle that one room. Can, can we just go home, please? And by the way, where'd you learn how to pray like that? That's how men's prayer started was because of one encounter. And I'm telling you, because of that, then I was hungry for it. And then when this little boy went to the hospital, they said he was done, they were gonna pull the plug. Guess what? A bunch more of us showed up. Pastor Mark still took the lead on that one, kicked out a doctor, I'll never forget it, turned on worship music, told someone to shut up. I was like, what is going on? And then, bam, that kid came back to life. That's an encounter. After that happened, it's like, I don't care what anyone says. Let's get after the supernatural. I'm done thinking I need to see more. It changed everything in my life. Everything. I said, I'll lay it all down. You need an arise moment. What does it take? Whether it's through prayer, worship, meditation on his word. James Forrest says, urges us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do you believe that? Why do we do nights of fire? Pastor Juergen's like, we got to level up us drawing near. We got to create space for God to move. See, people someday, oh, Sunday, oh, I got a great prayer life. No, sometimes we got to carve out a sacrifice. We knew that people had to take nights off. We had volunteers till 10 o'clock at night for kids church. They had to get up and go to work the next day, but then we came back for another night of fire. Then we came back for another night of fire. You got to carve out room if you want to have an encounter with God. When you move, he moves. Number two, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want your breakthrough? How bad can you press in? Jacob was in a wrestling match with a divine being, Genesis 32:22, symbolizing his spiritual struggle and transformation. God even dislocated his hip. and he got up, and that limp reminded him of the wrestle. But it shifted everything in his character of who he was as a man. How bad do you want it? He refused. Even when they said the next morning, he says, listen, in verse 26, tells Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. And Jacob replies, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This tenacity in prayer demonstrates Jacob's desire for God's blessing and guidance. How bad do we want to wrestle with God for our breakthrough? How bad do you want to be blessed? This is a blueprint. God's faithfulness to bless and transform us, each and every one of us. And sometimes we got to get down and wrestle for it. Sometimes we got to hold on. Don't let go. Weather the storm. Jesus knows you. That was Jacob's breakthrough. Number three. An encounter, whether it's born again, when you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ. I tell you that because Jacob experienced and did a lot of hurt to his family, especially to his brother Esau. But he went back to that relationship to reconcile it. And the Bible says he bowed down seven times as a gesture of repentance and submission. It was an act of humility and reconciliation. He restored this relationship. And I got to tell you something. There's no greater thing that you can do in your life than restore some relationships tonight. God will highlight them if you ask him. Don't let there build up any bitterness. It's not worth it. God wants to bless you. But if you can't humble yourself to restore some things that maybe are out of order in your life, what's your expectation of God? He's just waiting for you to get some alignment right, to do some work. God wants you to get breakthrough. He wants to reestablish you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to create a legacy for you and your family. But can you do what he's asking you to do and just let some stuff go? Get back into right relationship with some people so you can be blessed. If you can't do it, press in and have God reveal where there's some areas of pride in your life. James 5, 16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pastor Samuel said it. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. we got to let some stuff go. Encounters matter. Big rocks matter. What are your big rocks? I land on this because this is so important because you have to understand, despite Jacob's flaws, he had this willingness to obey God's commands and trust his promises. He then told Jacob, hey, go back to Bethel where you previously encountered God and build an altar there. Jacob responds by purifying his household, not just him, and going back to Bethel, reaffirming his commitment to God. This act of obedience is what helped Jacob grow in faith and his devotion. This is obedience. In Psalm 119, 105, it assures us, your word is a lamp unto my feet a light on my path he will direct you I just want to tell you because I've been at this church for 18 years there's been some things in my life that are big rocks that I don't miss and it, I just want to tell you what they're because you may not know but for women it's cherish that's a big rock in this house women do whatever you can don't cherish. men I'm telling you it's a merge if you're married it's marriage getaway. And if you're in youth, it's our youth conferences during the summer. It's not that hard. Listen, I tell people, like, listen, don't get married. On this date, it's a merge. I won't be at your wedding, if that matters to you. I know you're my best friend, but this is the only date. Arise conference was one of those big rocks. Looks different every year because it's just our awakened conference. This one was called Nights of Fire. We just tried it something different because Pastor Ergen and the team really felt like God was on it. And let me tell you, he was. A lot of those people. Kim Walker Smith said, I've been to a lot of stuff. That was a moment. That was a moment. I want to help you. Those big rocks take us to new levels, new depths in our relationships. And I'm telling you, we all need to get our soul refreshed in our spirit for us to be pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Fresh oil, new wine, not in old wineskins, but in new wineskins. These are the things that are the blueprint of Jacob's life. What are your big rocks? What does it take? You know, growing up, I'm going to tell you, if there was a soccer game, my brother and I played soccer, we go to soccer. Listen, my brother and I, both of us are not pros in soccer now. My kids today, they'd rather be at church than anything. And it's not because I dragged them to church, I promise you. There was one morning I was preaching, my, my daughter drove me to church. Not really drove me. I drove her, but she made me go. I was like, I'm done with this. They don't listen. I was feeling sorry for myself. My daughter's like, Dad, you're going and I'm on the worship and I'm not missing worship. Whose kid are you? That's right. I did, okay, let's go. Thanks for helping me snap out of it. So, the big things, the big things matter. I don't want it to rise, nights of fire, be a moment in time for you and then that's it, a fleeting moment. This is how we press in to stay in that nights of fire, that mentality, go after that stuff. You know, it matters. That young lady that's at the hospital said she wasn't going to make it through the night. And she just had a full-blown conversation with my wife yesterday about how grateful she is to be alive. And God is using it, restoring her family. Let me tell you, she had a joy in her spirit that woke me up. Might be a missions trip for you. Just stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. I want to pray. I want to let you know that nothing is that important to be out of relationship with God. Nothing is that important to have friction in a relationship. Just forgive him and let it go. Maybe some of you got to get stirred up in your spirit to go after and pursue God in a way you've never pursued him. Like not let go. There's some God things that he wants to do on the inside of you, but the minute you feel a wrestling, you just let go and run. Maybe you come to church and... get a little tweak so you don't come back. Instead of running from God, I encourage you, run towards God. Listen, nobody's any different. We will all trip. We will all fall down. We will all get discouraged. We will all have a moment of insecurity. Your identity, Jacob's identity was revealed and restored and they changed his name to Israel. That's an identity thing. Last night, Awake and you got together up here for the first time, all the students. You know what the first thing they learned about? Identity. If you don't know your identity in Christ, you cannot build a sure thing that will stand any storm. But if you can get your identity right, when that storm comes, insecurities won't rise up. They might whisper because that's what the devil uses. But you'll know how in authority that God's given you to tell that devil to shut up and get out of here. I've learned my identity in this house. I know my authority in this house. I come back to the big rocks to be stirred up in my faith, to keep that fire going and to see breakthroughs, to see the miraculous, to see my friends get healed. I'm telling you, you can't put a price tag on that. Men, you might not know how to pray, but I promise you every Tuesday, there's a tutorial. And everyone's invited. And it doesn't matter where you are in your faith. There's something for every man in that building. Women, you're on Thursday. Same sort of invitation. Pastor Samuel, no one loves people more than Pastor Samuel. He wrote that book, Following Jesus, and he's given out. How many copies are up to date? 350,000 have been handed out through churches around the world. How many different languages is that book in? five different languages because God stirred something in him. He put his pen to the paper and it blesses churches and people and Christians all over the world that can get lost in what's the next steps. What do I do next? Every one of you can have that book for free. I'm telling you, even as a pastor, I love reading it. It's going back to the fundamentals, the basics. But I want you to know that you all have a prophetic voice if you step out and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You all have a gift, lay hands. It's not just some of you, some of your gifts might be stronger than others, but it's God has given you all the gifts. And now it's our turn to exercise those gifts, stir our faith to do more radical things, to get boldness on the inside of you, to get courage on the inside of you. We cannot be a church that shrinks back to stay quiet any longer. God is trying to do a thing in your family, in you, to rebuild your identity, to do radical things. So turn these palms to heaven. If you need prayer tonight, you just are stuck somewhere. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Let's come confess our sins to one another down at the altar. Let my team pray for you. Maybe there's some sin that you just got stuck and you need to get right with the Lord. Come down to the altar. That's why we call it the altar so your life can get altered. Maybe you're not sure what your calling is. Maybe you're sure not what, you don't even know what to do. Maybe you need some relationships tuned up and tweaked up. Well, then come next week because Dr. Brian, next Wednesday's going to level up a panel with us, and then he's going to preach on a Sunday. So guess what? We're going to get the double dose of our family counselor, of an amazing man of God. He's going to be here twice, one on a panel and then one to preach, and he will help you. And don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I thank you for those people that got a taste of your presence at Arise. And God, I thank you, Lord, those that are seeking you, those that are pressing in for you. God, those that don't have a relationship, God, let there be an invitation tonight to open their heart so that you would come in their heart and make them a new creation in you, Lord. God, let them seek you in all that they do. God, I thank you tonight. Let there be healing in our own hearts restore our minds to think the right thoughts thank you for righteousness we know there's a right way of doing it. thank you for the blueprint tonight thank you for blessing each and every person here tonight lord we thank you that you continue to help us grow that you continue to help us make right choices that you continue to show us grace lord and as you extend grace to us we learn to extend grace to others lord I thank you for a church that wants to serve, a church that wants to love, a church that wants to give. God, I thank you for men that want to stand up to protect and be great for riders. God, I thank you for raising kings and priests in this house that can lead our families well. I break off apathy in the name of Jesus. I break off mentalities that are not of your kingdom. God, I break off small thinking. God, I break off just, I know some people may have been even tweaked with that tithe message. Even doubters, they're like, oh, did that conversation really happen? I'm praying for you right now that you'll have the revelation. God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for our pastors. I thank you for their heart to raise great leaders, have great relationships. And most importantly, God, to be a house of transformation with you in the middle of it all. We thank you for what you've done in this building, an old Ashley Furniture store that you had other plans for. You said, that's not an Ashley Furniture store. You said, that's an altar where I can transform lives. And I thank you that we're living in that prophetic word right now, Lord. And I thank you what you did for this building, God, you'll do for many more buildings in San Diego. that God, there will be fires ignited, altars ignited throughout this city that everyone can find your house I come against suicide right now in the name of Jesus we break that suicide spirit over the spirit of death over this city God and I thank you Lord that young people will come back into the house of God God let there be a fresh fire a fresh fire over the awakened church fresh oil and open heaven and we thank you for great kingdom relationships being formed in this house
0: we thank you for your blessing.